this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only miss zuzana shutkowski yes you pronounced my name correctly thank you for that i did because i was just going to ask you <laughs> did i really do that correct or not a hundred percent no you did well it's like on paper it has so many z's that's what throws everybody off but you know but you nailed it. <laughs> well, that's, well, then we're off to a good start. You know, and yes, let's just put it out there. You have a lot of things we're going to talk about. You know, I hate, this is just what we do in the media, don't we? We always relegate people to one thing or one role. We have a lot to talk about, but let's just face it. Most people know you as fan favorite, the iconic <laughs> Miss Dorota from really one of the best shows that's ever existed, Gossip Girl. Well, thank you. I like it too. I think it's one of the best shows too. So. That is like why distinction. That is what we are going to talk about now. Where are you in the world? Are you in New York too? Yes, I'm in. I live in Brooklyn, and that's where I am right now. I'm at home in Brooklyn. So I've actually lived here for a long time, like over twenty years. So, so you, so you were in New York even like before Gossip Girl. You didn't move here to shoot that or anything. No, I, I grew up in Indiana. I'm actually, I was born in Poland, like Dorota, <laughs> but then I came in, to the U.S. when I was a little kid, and I grew up in Indiana, but I came to New York to go to college, so I lived here a long time, so I feel like I'm officially a New Yorker now. I think, I don't know what, how that's defined, but I feel like one. I think 20 years, that's official. You're official. <laughs> Do you love, how's Brooklyn? I mean, I live in Chelsea, not that far away, but these days, like worlds away, I haven't been outside of my little area in so long. Right. I know. It's like, actually, I have a lot of uh, my besties live in Chelsea. So that's the one place I've ventured out for, you know, walks. So I've been in your hood. Um, 
uh, Brooklyn is like been my home for most of the time I've lived here and I really love my neighborhood because I'm kind of right by the entrance of the Brooklyn Bridge and then Brooklyn Heights so cute with all the little brownstones and little you know views of New York and so it's such a picturesque neighborhood and I've like really it's very homey and has a lot of personality so I could never imagine living anywhere else. I can never imagine living anywhere else <laughs> other than I've only lived in the West Village or Chelsea my whole adult life. So I don't really want to leave. Yeah, those are some great neighborhoods to live in, too. So it's like you have the magic. Why would you leave? <laughs> well, I also think like if we're still here during COVID, we're we're not leaving because. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, quiet, like it has that feeling um you know, when there's like a holiday and everybody leaves and goes to the Hamptons or whatever they do, like, in, and you get left alone here. It has that kind of fun snow day feeling. So the the sort of slightly emptier New York feeling is a little bit, um, you know, has has its pros, certainly. It's nice a little bit. And yeah, so I knew you went to Columbia, so I don't know why I'm asking when you first got here. But yes, you went to Columbia, you have a BA in Columbia, and then you went to Harvard for your MFA. So you're obviously not an unintelligent woman. <laughs> well, I try. I actually went to Barnard, so that is it is officially Columbia, but it's um has a little more flair because it's the, you know women's college up there. So I came right. to the city and I went to Barnard and I had this like wild experience with all these gals living in New York, and then um, took a couple of years off and then went to grad school. And I mean, for grad school, I went for acting, so I did go to Harvard, but I was in acting school, so. It wasn't smart Harvard. <laughs> like a smart Harvard, they write, they read and write. We just like rolled around on the ground and pretended to be animals. So, well, but it still counts. <laughs> I was going to say, honey, I don't think Harvard, I mean, I went to law school. I have a whole past corporate career. I'm not an idiot, but I don't think Harvard would have opened their doors to me. So it ain't so bad. <laughs> there are worse places to go. Did you know that, was it always acting for you? Like growing up, like, did you always know you wanted to be an actress? Yeah, when I was a kid in Indiana, I did a lot of like community theater stuff. And I feel like, you know, that scene is kind of uh, comical in in some ways, but it's really full of like passionate people who are like, you know, can't live and breathe theater. So I learned that love for theater even, uh, you know, back in Fort Wayne. And so by the time I went to school, I was like, this is the only thing I really, really like, you know, get into. And so I basically had that seed planted and that dream planted when I was a kid. So yeah, it's always been my thing. I mean, I do a little writing also, but um, there is really no other field in which I have any gift or talent. So this this is it. I'm in for the long haul, no matter what. Well, that's nothing wrong with that. And your debut was in Law and Order Criminal Intent. <laughs> I think so. You know, when I went to um, grad school, I was mostly studying theater, and I always thought I would be in the theater. And then when I graduated and you know had an agent and started working. I started auditioning for TV stuff and I realized, oh, there's a lot of like, you know, Eastern European, um, you know, housekeepers and babysitters and all these roles that I would go out for and all these law and orders. And so I, I was in law and order, I think three times uh, in the different, I think they were all criminal intent actually. And each one of them, I had a Polish or Ukrainian accent. So like I was already forging my path toward Dorota, but yeah, I got one of those TV jobs out of school and it was so exciting. And I was like, oh, TV. And then somehow I ended up getting more jobs like that, which is great. And I still do theater, but you know, that was like a fun surprise for me. Is that kind of like a rite of passage, like in New York, like where's all your colleagues, like everyone's on SVU or criminal intent or something, right? 
Right. Law and Order used to be the one because like when I started, it was there was the original Criminal Intent and SVU all filming at the same time. So that used to be the rite of passage. I feel like now SVU is still here, but it's a little bit less like that. And so I feel like now we have like New Amsterdam. That's like a new rite of passage, I think. <laughs> These right. kind of hospital shows. That whatever, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, procedural shows shooting in New York City, that's where you go, you know. Did you ever, were you ever faced with a job like, okay, here's a job, but it's in LA or no offense to LA, but like you must be, you know, it must be nice when you can just stay home in your backyard. I love LA actually. I have this like kind of secret love affair with LA and I would love to have a job that would take me there, but I so far have not had one. I mean, I've done, I did a short film in LA once. It was really fun, but um, happens to be that all the jobs I've booked happen to be New York based. So you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So just out of coincidence, I love LA too. I would love to split my time between New York and LA. I think that is the ultimate dream. That's just right. It's a fantasy life. <laughs> Kinds of, yeah. And what about you were in The Sopranos too? Yeah. So The Sopranos was um, was kind of the first. It was like a recurring character because I was in three episodes. But The Sopranos thing is funny because I played a Polish housekeeper and I wore exactly the same outfit as I wore later as Dorota, and it was on the same soundstage. So uh, Sopranos used to shoot at Silver Cup Studios in Queens, and then Gossip Girl took that, at, you know, I think there was like Sex in the City in between, but um, Gossip Girl took that, that space. So I was basically practicing for Dorota because I had the same accent and same outfit. <laughs> but it was cool because I loved that show. So it was the first time I ever worked on a TV show you know, that I was a fan of. And so, and not that I wasn't a fan of Law and Order, but, but Sopranos, I was like so into. So I got to be in a scene, um, I was in the final season and I got to be in a scene with like all of the mobsters. They were all over at Tony and Carmela's and I was like serving tea. And so I was so star starstruck and it was like blowing my mind because I was like in the room with all of them and they were all so sweet to me and they were like, you know, crazy characters. So also Edie Falco was like my hero and I got to, you know, stand next to her for like five hours. So that was cool. Do you have any like fun, like Edie Falco or like James Gandolfini or any, like any fun stories from the set or just like yeah, shocking it's, things? It's not really shocking or that fun, but the, at the time there was like, um, I want to say Golden Globes had just were coming up or something. And so the, they were going, they were like nominated and they were going. So most of the principal cast. So it was funny because they were all sitting around in between takes. And they were talking about like what they were going to wear and what, you know, about the parties that they were going to go to. But they all are so similar. Those dudes all sounded like their mob equivalents. So it was kind of like sitting around with a bunch of mobsters, but they were talking about like limos and catering and, you know, uh, uh, suits and um, getting alterations. So it was kind of funny because it was like these two worlds colliding. Um, Steve Van Zandt was really nice to me. He was my favorite. <laughs> they were they were all really sweet. Actually, uh, James Gandolfini's son was on set the day one of the days that I shot, and um, he's so cute. And so that was nice to see him. Like he was such a sweet, you know, little daddy bear to his son. Um, but I was really, you know, so intimidated. So I was just like a fly on the wall. But they were all very nice to me. <laughs> that must be like a good perk of the job. They're like when you're a fan of something, and then like you're like, oh wow, I have a role yeah. here. Did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? 
If you're among them, know you're not alone and there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shredding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth, of course, takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in around three to six months. Listen, it actually really works. I'm not going to mention any names, but a family member of one of the RHONJ, Real Housewives of New Jersey, I know has been on this for around two years, and I saw a huge difference in her hair growth. Listen, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show behind the velvet rope by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code VELVET to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to u.s customers for a limited time plus free shipping on every order get 15 dollars off at nutrafol.com and that's spelled n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l nutrafol.com and the promo code is velvet enter that and you get 15 dollars off when you subscribe you'll receive automatic monthly delivery so you never miss a dose what are you waiting for? Nutrafol.com promo code VELVET. Start restoring your hair and your confidence today. Right. And I got to walk through all the steps. I got to go into the restaurant, the Vesuvius, whatever restaurant. And I got to go into, you know, all the, uh, my favorite locales. So I felt like I was, um, yeah, on a special fan tour. <laughs> I love it. How do you feel about the ending of The Sopranos? I actually really liked it. I thought it was, uh, I mean, of course, someone that we, was, we were anticipating it, it was like, what? But now that I think about it, I think it was kind of genius. And like, uh, I've, we've rewatched it since. My boyfriend and I have gone through and watched the whole thing. And it's like, really um, stands up. I feel like when you're, you know, kind of this awesome, like hanging ending thing. Totally. I feel like so many people like criticize the end of shows and like, look, it's hard to end a show, you know? Right. It's, it's got to be hard as a showrunner to end a show. Oh, yeah. When you were getting all these parts like Criminal Intent and The Sopranos and you were playing all of these middle, you know, like Polish, Middle Eastern, European maids and whatnot, like, were you ever like, oh, I'm being typecast. I don't want this. Or were you just like, bring it on. I'm thrilled to have the work. <laughs> no, you know, I've, I've always embraced my um, niche because I... I feel like it has afforded me an in into an industry that's really hard to get into. So, you know, uh, I could debate the merits of typecasting all day long and then I do definitely see the holes in that system. But uh, at the same time, I'm not going to complain about the, you know, Polish housekeeper roles that I've gotten because they are, um, you know, they allowed me to build a career. And the thing is that I, I feel like at least for me, like roles, for example, Dorota, I think, is one that you know even though it's this kind of cliche or this this um niche thing that i'm getting stuck into because of uh, you know whatever external factors it's like once i'm inside of it you know it was it was great to like flesh out that character and she had such great heart and like i was able to like build this really um beautiful character that i think was really well written and like had uh, you know 
all the nuance of any other kind of character. So I feel like you can make the most out of those roles and embrace them, which is what I always try to do. I mean, sure, it's like, for me, it's such a surprise when I get to play something different. It is really a fun because I'm like, oh, there's a whole other world. But this business is so so ugly and so hard to, hard to thrive in that I just feel like I just, you know, hashtag gratitude about every single chance I get, so. Totally. So 2007, let's talk about it. How did Gossip Girl come about for you? Like, did you, someone, your agent call you? Like, how did this come about? Well, actually, I, um, yeah, I got an audition for it. This was after The Sopranos. So the audition breakdown said they wanted a Polish housekeeper, 65 or older, (laughs) Um, and my agent called, and they were like, well, they know you're very far from 65, but you did Polish housekeeper already. So you want to go in? And I was like, yeah. And so I went and auditioned for this role that was intended to be an older character. Um, but the truth is like, when I signed in on the sign up sheet, I could see that I was the only person with a Polish name. And so I was like, okay, I feel like I have a little leg up here because I'm really Polish. And so that the, the audition when I tried out for that part, there were no lines because Gerota didn't really say anything for a few episodes. And so it was a possibly recurring role with no lines. <laughs> and so when I went in, I had to go to the, um, when I went to the callback, they had me improvise. So they were like, just improvise like you're serving breakfast to rich kids. And so I decided that because I was a, a legit Pole that I would go ahead and uh, kind of mumble to myself in Polish. So I was taking advantage of my my you know polishness um and i feel like maybe that's why i got it because i was able to sort of speak polish and be silly and i so i got that part and i didn't know that it was like a that big of a deal or anything because you know like i said i had no lines i did know that that show was slated to be popular because you know the books that it was based on were so popular so people had like buzz on it so i was like okay well this is cool and i mean any job is a job that's great and so i um, you know, I got it and I thought, well, we'll see. And then when I started working, it wasn't, I think we filmed half the season, first season before we ever aired an episode. So nobody knew if it was going to be popular in any way. So the first few episodes were kind of in a vacuum. And then once the show started airing and then people were into it, it was kind of exciting to see it take off, you know, from the inside. But I always felt like a little bit of a outsider because it took a long time for Dorota to sort of develop a personality and a, um, you know, in a, a presence in the storyline. So the first season I was just kind of, I, I had that very familiar fly on the wall feeling <laughs> for a long time. Totally. Did you, so the part didn't require that someone speak Polish, like that wasn't part of it. Cause that kind of recurring may not even speak at all. Like you just happen to speak Polish and mumble to yourself. During right. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like the fact that I kind of showed myself as I, I am actually Polish. So you have like, you hire me, you have that in the bag, whatever. So yeah, I got it for whatever reason. And then, um, right. So it's like over time, the, you know, I got a little bit of dialogue here and there and it kind of grew. And I think what was so fun about it was because I had had all the theater training and, you know, I was at the school that there are no small parts, (laughs) you know? So I had a, when I was working like in the scenes and stuff, I was, having all this fun playing Dorota, even when she didn't have much to do, because I feel like the relationship between Dorota and Blair was really set up and very juicy because this idea that this girl who has everything, but she doesn't really have the presence of uh, of her parents. And so the idea that she has this housekeeper, like, who's there for her, um, 
I feel like it was actually very uh, fertile ground for, you know, all the acting stuff you want to do. So I was, I felt very fully engaged even, and then over time that role started to grow and I had more and more to do, which was really exciting for me. And even when like Dorota was a fly on the wall, like that was kind of how she was becoming a fan favorite, like her just being in the corner and just (laughs) observing the insanity that was going on in Blair's life was just like right away kind of evident. Right. I actually think of like, yeah, I feel like Dorota kind of was like a bit of a moral center for this show. So you had, and also because she was a caretaker slash cheerleader slash, you know, um, sort of maternal figure for Blair, I feel like, you know, everyone who was on team Blair was sort of automatically on team Dorota too, because Dorota was her like, you know, a watchdog or whatever. So it made sense that, um, you know, fans started to kind of get into Dorota and I think some fans even kind of saw themselves I mean if anybody they could relate to in the show it was more maybe sometimes more Dorota than anybody else yeah especially older fans so when you were filming those first episodes like you said like it was in a vacuum like you couldn't tell like late in like no one could really tell like you know there was buzz but like you guys couldn't tell like this thing could be huge like the CW like Josh Schwartz they weren't like hold on to your seats this might be huge and change everyone's life I mean, I think that that was, a, you know, potential expectation, but that, you know, it's always like weird with TV, the fact that, I mean, you always feel like everything is going to get, anything you get, you're like, well, it's probably not even going to get made. Then you're like, well, it's probably going to get canceled. Well, it's pretty, you know. So like, you never really believe anything until it happens. But, um, but yeah, there was definitely like a buzz because of the books and all of those, all of the, you know, what I always say, like all the kids, but like, you know, all of the principals, um, and from the show, you know, Leighton and Blake and Penn and Ed and all these guys, you know, they were young, very young when it started, but they all had been Hollywood kids, you know, so they all have had these already very storied careers by the time they got to the show. So it's like, you know, they knew what it was like that, you know, it could have hit or it could not hit. <laughs> so it was funny because like I watched everybody make the show in a vacuum and then all of a sudden it came out and it became huge. And so for me, it was really fun to see these guys sort of finally get this like you know big break into the world of super you know of their work being so recognized and of the people just being in love with them it was fun to watch that happen for them you know so I I really like that aspect of it to kind of see it blossom right in front of my eyes you know do you get as stressed out when planning a vacation as I do where to go what to do where to stay I definitely needed some extra help in choosing the perfect spot for my next vacation. And that is why I turned to Apple Vacations. They're great. They're known as America's favorite vacation company for good reason. Just think of them, and this is music to my ears, as your one-stop shop for that next-level summer vacation. Apple Vacations will help you plan your entire getaway with confidence from start to finish, We're talking personalized service, exceptional values, and so much more. Plus, you can choose the most gorgeous destinations like Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, Hawaii, and the continental U.S. Each all-inclusive Apple Vacations package includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, meals, drinks, entertainment, and tips. Nonstop transfers are also included at no additional cost at select hotels. So the entire vacation is as seamless as possible. For a limited time, you can use promo code SAND75 
That's SAND75 and take $75 off your stay at Live Aqua in Cancun or Punta Cana. Just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get the steal of a deal to your favorite Live Aqua resort today. Again, just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get this amazing deal at your favorite Live Aqua resort today. Yeah. Did you, did you have to read with like Layton or Margaret Colin? Like, did you have to read with any of them to get, or that audition where you mumbled and then that was it? You just got the part? No, it was just me alone in a room. And so I didn't, I met Layton on set. I wasn't in the pilot because they had shot the pilot, like, you know, a long time before. Um, so I was in episode two and I met her on set and she was, you know, she's my fave. I mean, she's such a sweet person and such a smart person. And, um, you know markedly younger than me but I immediately felt like we had a really good friendship and we hit it off so from the beginning I felt very comfortable around her which is great because we mostly worked together Um, and yeah but I didn't meet them or you know there was no kind of like chemistry test for any of that so I feel like there was a kind of an alchemy in that show that like certain kind of uh, interpersonal chemistries came to life as the show was happening and one interesting thing about Gossip Girl is that if you think about when it was placed in time, it was like that was the beginning of this sort of um, intersection between television and the internet in that particular way. So it was one of these shows where the writers were creating a show and then they were receiving feedback, you know, pretty much in real time from an audience via, you know, fan fiction and all these social medias and, you know, all these um, online outlets were writing reviews and, and um, recaps like New York Magazine, all this stuff. So the show was very much uh, in dialogue with its audience. So it's like the writers were feeling out what people were liking and then the show was changing and, and kind of growing with the audience's input. And so Interesting. that was kind of new. And so I feel like um, the chemistry that kind of developed, like I think, uh, Miss Blair and Mr. Chuck is the best example because if you look at the book series, like Chuck is like, even the pilot, he's like awful. And like, you know, and he has, and he's this eccentric weirdo, whatever. But the fact that the on-screen chemistry between, you know, those actors and the way that they brought those roles to life, the, that was resonating with the audience and they, everybody was in love with Mr. Chuck. Then all of a sudden the story really started to pull and then you have team Chuck Blair becomes this big thing. So I feel like the show was talking, it was in dialogue with the audience, which I think made it feel very special and very personal. So people felt like, an, you know, justifiably so like an ownership of the show. So I think similarly, I think Dorota over time developed because people were responding favorably to Dorota and like, you know, identifying with her or whatever. So kind of a cool mix. Um, yeah. I never knew if like writers really took that type of stuff, you know, like even today, like I didn't know if like that type of feedback was ever like, you know, sure it's out there, but I didn't know if anyone really cared. Yeah. I feel like some shows they do and sometimes they don't, but that was kind of a trailblazer, I think in terms of, you know, that they kind of did. And there was like a feeling in the air. I mean, also, I mean, not for nothing, but it was a, this brink of like a difference in technology because if you think about even the premise like gossip girl herself being this like pervasive blog (laughs) like that was new then and like kind of on the precipice of something and then even in it was our season three is when they did a little mini spinoff and they actually did about Dorota but they did it as a web series which was very new then like web series were not produced 
by anyone other than like people in their you know basement and so Verizon like paid to make this little web series and then they made it available for streaming on Verizon phones so it was like this new technology of like streaming a web thing um so all of that stuff was kind of you know funny because it was happening right at the beginning of a new way of watching television um totally so it's it's funny how much a time capsule is even when you watch it now it's like the phones are different and the way that they relate to the internet is different and it wasn't that long ago you know Totally. So when were you aware that, like you said, like people were writing, when were you aware that like Dorota went from, and was that really what it was? Like, we're not sure you're a fly on the wall to like, wait, you have lines, wait, like you're part, like, when did you know that you were kind of a fan favorite? And like, did that really change? Was it really like you were supposed to have three lines and you, they called you in and said, guess what? Your part is growing. Well, I think that they, the relationship between Dorota and Blair was set up so it was like, you knew, the first time you ever see Dorota in the very first time she appears on screen, it's like Blair is, is talking about, you know, d- difficulties in her, in her life, and you don't see who she's talking to, and you think for sure she's talking to her mom, and then the reveal or the punchline is that you see she's talking to a housekeeper, yeah. and so from the very first instant you have that relationship set up which allows for growth obviously because you're like oh well this is her confidant as somebody who's like paid to clean the house or whatever so I feel like um it was set up but I think that like like most shows you know that last more than one season they you know it you know the writers didn't have every single step of the way planned out and so the show had an organic um structure and so I feel like yeah, the the part grew in a direction that was favorable to me and fun for me. And the first episode I ever remember that was like special for me was um, it was a Blair had a birthday party and Cindy Lauper was the guest of honor. And they like, and Blair is busy with some other stuff. So she basically puts Dorota in front of Cindy Lauper and she's like, Dorota's your biggest fan. And then like leaves me with Cindy Lauper. And it was the first kind of bigger scene that I had where it was like about Dorota for a minute. And I was with Cindy Lauper, which was like so cool. And so I, I got to do all this like funny, crazy, like fangirling over Cindy Lauper that, you know, was kind of com- comedically broad and let me have like a lot of um, fun and license to have fun as, as the character. And so I, I think that those kind of moments started coming more and more often. So it's like Dorota suddenly had her own personality, you know, and it was like of some interest. So that was cool. Plus, that was like a, such a thrill to be in a scene with Cindy Lauper. She was amazing, and she like was so complimentary to me. And she gave me a little CD of her new CD had come out. She like signed it for me, so it was really fun for me. I I've met Cindy Lauper. I'm a huge Cindy. I'm just a huge '80s music fan. Were you like a huge right. fan of Cindy Lauper before this? Yeah, I mean, I love. I, I remember like when I was a kid, we had uh, I had like a record of Cindy Lauper's I got from the library, and I was like, ooh, you know, so. I love Cindy Lauper. Yeah, she's like, you know, obviously so huge culturally and changed the world in so many ways. And so I just admire her. So being in her presence was like phenomenon. 
Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I make decisions based on what is good for me, not everyone else. I live my life unapologetically and authentically as myself. And that is why when it came time to lose weight, the only thing that worked for me was Noom. What I loved about Noom is that they don't label foods good or bad, foods permitted and foods that are never permitted. They take a psychology-based approach and rather than focus on the food, they focus on why why we make the choices that we do. Noom has helped me break so many bad habits, particularly with sugar. I love sugar candy, Skittles, Swedish Fish, Starburst, you name it, I love it. Rather than just say those foods weren't allowed, Noom helped me understand why I have these cravings, especially at certain times of the day. And slowly I started to change these habits. I crave sugar less, I shopped better. Noom, I cannot recommend enough. The app is so easy to use also. And what I love best is it only takes 10 minutes of your time a day, just 10 minutes. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. You can sign up for this trial at noom.com slash velvet. That's right. By listening to this podcast, you too get to try Noom. You can sign up for your trial at noom.com slash velvet. And Noom is N O. O-M, noom.com slash velvet. Go there, sign up for your trial and let me know how it works out for you guys. It's great and it has really helped me. What did you love best about playing Dorota? Like what was the best thing about it? My, I mean, honestly, like the very best thing was um, for me was working with Leighton because like when we had those scenes with it was like Blair and Blair and Dorota together I feel like um we just had so much fun and it felt like we were kind of creating a special thing <laughs> you know it felt like this kind of little iconic pair and um also like Leighton is to me such a, a great on on camera actor like she has this um ability she has like an emotional readiness like her emotions are at the ready in a particular way she has a great comedic timing and the mix of those things I think is very special and unique and so I actually learned a lot from her because my experience to that point was primarily on stage. And so I had been, you know, I had all the school about acting, but I had not worked in front of the camera at length. And so I learned so much from working with her. So I felt like it was this awesome um, opportunity and always felt super full. And I mean, to me, the, the thing about Dorota, playing Dorota, that was fun was the kind of scheming. Like I liked when Dorota was like, uh, on a mission for Miss Blair so that when she would do like there was times when I get to like put on sunglasses and go like scheming around the school or yeah you know so those things were really fun because they were like I mean it was like very uh broad com- comedy and moments that I really liked that yeah I mean the way you know <laughs> that Blair would you know speak to Dorota you know she would demand things but it was comedic and you could tell that she was teamed yeah, up uh, you know just like your family you would speak to your family one way but if anyone else did you would cut them so it was right there was nothing better than those moments when she would like say something like snippy and Dorota or like bossy and Dorota and it was just like about making faces you know so it's like just re- re- reacting as Dorota was always so fun it was like you had unlimited amount of like faces to make and reactions <laughs> Do you have like a favorite scene or like a scene that sticks out that you just were like, this was so much fun or like scenes? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, first of all, I'm mostly was inside the house, you know, so it was like Dorota was mostly in the Waldorf apartment. 
um, which was on the soundstage in Queens. And then the times I got to go outside or go on location were really fun for me. So we would go see ducks in Central Park. That was always a highlight. Um, Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs, joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Crocs' new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. There were some scenes where we went shopping and I got to like, you know, we were up on Fifth Avenue or Park Avenue and uh, drove as laden with shopping bags. Those kind of scenes were always really fun for me just like to take it outdoors. Um, but my most, the thing that's most memorable for me is uh, it was in um, season three when Dorota got married. So Dorota got to be engaged to Vanya, the um, doorman. And then... <laughs> And then had a wedding that Chuck put on in order to try to get Blair back. 
So it was this huge over the top Russian Polish wedding that we had in one of those crazy wedding venues in Queens. Like they rented out the whole wedding venue and we had so many background actors. So, and we had, so it was this huge wedding and there was like ice sculptures and I got to walk down the aisle on, uh, on the arm of Wally Shawn, which is, uh, who plays Cyrus, which is just like yeah. a dream. He's so funny and amazing. And I'm such a fan of his and I can't even believe that I got to do that. Um, so those things were really cool for me. Like the fact that there was a whole Dorota wedding episode was like blew my mind. It's like, I can't believe that happened. Right. That's a far cry from like, you may not have any speaking lines. We're not right, sure. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about, were you like floored when you got the web series? You know, like it was a new genre. Like it was that, and was that like a different type of acting? Probably not. Right. Or is that a dumb question? Well, it was basically just, um, it was like Dorota's, love life so it was like um it was like Dorota that's where the character of Vanya was introduced so it's like this idea that Dorota has this boyfriend who's the doorman and she's friends with the you know the uh the housekeeper at over Nate's house and the cook over at Serena's and they're all besties and so there were no no other characters from Gossip Girl and they were like new characters but they were all from Dorota's world and then it turned out that Dorota was like a royalty in Poland and she had an abusive husband that she had run away from so it was kind of funny but anyway, the way it panned out, the one thing that for me was so funny was that all of a sudden, it was like the same world around the same set, same style, but all of a sudden Dorota was like the ingenue because she was, it was her love story. I've never played an ingenue in my life. So it was like, to me, it was so weird to be not the kind of, um, you know, popping in the character, popping in and out, you know, doing little funny things. And then the fact that it was about my love life was like, felt like I was in somebody else's life <laughs> you know which is it was a great experience and it was fun it felt like you know uh living a certain dream for a week when we filmed it yeah no it was <laughs> yeah. great I, I like watched the little web series right and it was from a different point of view it was from Dorota's point of view which was great right. what what about like you said like when this became a thing you know like right like Leighton, Chase, they were all larger than life, like mobbed everywhere they went. Like, how was that? Like, were you, like, did people come to you, you know, like, as, like, the maternal, like, did did Leighton (laughs) come to you? Like, I guess, because they grew up, like you said, they had Hollywood careers of, like, you know, like, I would, I don't know, that's, like, a weird thing to happen overnight. Right. I mean, yeah, nobody really, I mean, uh, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have any words of wisdom or anything on that particular front, but it was interesting to observe because you know, when we would go on location, it's like, they couldn't, like, we had multiple bodyguards because the, we would walk from the trailer to the set, and it was just so meant, the quantity of young people that were there, it wasn't that any of them were bad or hard to deal with, it was just that there were so many of them, so we would, you know, it's like you couldn't get from point A to point B, and that, was a, that wasn't about me, that was about, you know, Leighton and Blake and all those people, but you know, a lot of times I'd be walking with Leighton, so I'd have to see what it was like and all the paparazzi. And I was like, this is insane. And um, sometimes, though, people would cu- try to get through me because they were like, oh, Dorota can get us to Blair. Like, it was <laughs> so, you know, I would get all these, like, people kind of chase me down on the side, um, you know. But it was it was interesting to watch. And I feel like, you know, that certainly is not – I mean, I think there's fun and not fun parts of that. I mean, Leighton is a little more of a shy person. So I feel like, you know, I was interested to watch her handle it, but the, but I feel like, you know, it's, 
it's great that they're the fans love the show it's literally what makes the show especially in this case you know like <laughs> so everybody was grateful for that um but also you know for those guys it was like to watch their careers blow up and then them have these other opportunities that they can walk into like that's such a cool outgrowth of that success of that show but yeah the, there were some you know cuckoo guys and kids that were they always wanted everything signed like they wanted um these girls on the Upper East Side, especially when we would shoot, they were like from that school that Gossiper was based on and they would like run over in their uniforms and they would have us sign their iPhones, which I thought was so weird. So like on, not on the case, but like on the phone itself, like on the back. And I was like, we're ruining these iPhones. <laughs> they're like, no, you know, they always wanted weird stuff signed, bags, you know, like expensive stuff. <laughs> right, and now that has all become about the picture. Like now everyone right, wants right, just right, the right. picture. What about like you separate from that, you know, you're in Brooklyn or wherever you lived at the time, if you didn't live in that particular apartment, like you went to the grocery store, like, did it carry over or no? Because like you were out of uniform, you know, like you had a specific costume and look. Yeah, I definitely got recognized and, you know, but not in huge amounts. And I think, yeah, part of it, I think it's funny because I would always get recognized. Even today I get recognized if I have my hair in a ponytail or my hair pulled back because it's like that look of Dorota. Like if I have my hair down or like normal, not as much. Um, but yeah, I got recognized just the right amount. Like for me, the amount of recognized that I ever got was the fun kind, you know, where I'm like, always makes my day because <laughs> it's, you know, just nice to know that people like my work and like the character. So I never ever had a feeling of being, you know, a mob. So I had, you know, I had a really nice amount of recognition but what always made me laugh is they um the kind of people who would come up to me like i would be in um you know in manhattan and walking down the street and these like dudes who were like in their late 20s or 30s would always stop me and i always thought it was so weird and then somebody told me that this one guy was like oh yeah i watched the show because it helps me like break the ice with women that i'm dating <laughs> so I guess there was like a lot of reasons for watching the show or at least a lot of excuses for watching the show. Interesting. A lot of like people who you wouldn't, I mean, you know, I guess the original demographic was meant to be like, you know, young adults, teens, but most of the people who approach me are um, older, all the way through middle age, even older. <laughs> and so I like that, you know, that it has a reach. And like mostly straight men that are saying like, this helps me with women. Yeah, a lot of that happened. Yeah, and it always surprised me because I see like these broy guys and like suits, and they'd be like, "Hey, Dorota," <laughs> so weird. That yeah. is, I would not <laughs> right. Like I always say that I am a gay man trapped in a tween girl's body. Like my taste <laughs> as far as scripted TV is whatever a tween girl would love is what I usually flock towards. So right, right. But yes, I wouldn't think that a bunch of broy men would be watching Gossip Girl. So that is really funny. Yeah, <laughs> definitely am. Yeah. How did you come up with Dorota's accent? Like, is it your natural, like, just speaking Polish? Or did you actually need to, you know, come up with a certain accent? Well, like, my, my, I was born in Poland, so um, both of my parents have had thick accents. My mom passed away a few years ago, but the, my dad, I mean, to this day, their whole lives, it never went away. So I grew up with, like, two heavily accented people, Um and I speak Polish, which is great because my parents like made me stay on top of that, you know, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah, that's um, great. So the accent is kind of my go-to acting accent because I'm, you know, so familiar with it. So I pretty much just go for the Polish, but you know, there's a little bit of a thing with Dorota where like 
sometimes I would I would lean a little bit toward the funnier choices than the I wasn't always so concerned about making it exactly uh, phonetically perfect with all the sound shifts of Polish dialect. I was more interested in the funny choices or the more quirky ones. So in a way, she's, her accent is modeled more after my mom because my mom has a little more kind of personality in the way that she spoke English. Um, and there were a couple of scenes where I got to speak Polish, which was really exciting. And then they kind of let me um, translate them myself. So there was like a couple of moments where Dorota goes off in Polish. and. So I worked on those a lot because I wanted them to be like perfect because I wanted the audience in Poland, which they're, you know, they showed the show in Poland. I wanted them to be proud of their, you know, Polish person. Yeah. So I was like cared about it, you know. <laughs> Did you hear from a lot of people like in Poland, like once the show was out of like, we're huge Dorota fans? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I've been to Poland, you know, in recent years and uh that was always weird when people in poland would stop me because i was like you know but the and i've been on polish the coolest thing like i was on a polish tv show it's like polish good morning america equivalent um which is cool because then you know my relatives and friends in poland get to see me you know and it kind of feels special like i have this uh, career that reaches into the <laughs> internationally which is you know kind of fun totally what about i mean i know most of your scenes were with Leighton, but what about Blake Lively? Like, what was she like back in the day? Oh my gosh, Blake is, first of all, she's so funny and like so, she always just had the, um, uh, she, she would always just tell me like these anecdotes about her life and I was always just so obsessed with her because she's such, you know, this amazing, um, beautiful creature and then she would tell me all these like funny regular things that would happen to her. Um, But I always say about Blake is that she's so striking um, like I used to be in hair and makeup and she would come in, you know, from the, you know, five o'clock in the morning, like off the van. And she's that crazy striking, like in her, um, you know, roll out of bed state. It's like nuts. Like I've never met a person who's so kind of glorious, <laughs> physically glorious. And so the fact that she has like a fun, funny personality and is so grounded, easy to talk to is a phenomenon. Um, so yeah, I never, I didn't work with her as much as Leighton, but I always loved working with her too. And and similar to Leighton and in different ways, uh, I feel like I learned a lot from her. She has a, also a very storied career for a person so young. Um, so to watch her create that role of Serena and to watch her, she's such an incredible camera presence and the way she kind of um, is master of that is interesting to, to watch. And I feel like I learned a lot from her. Um, I really, you know, I really liked everybody, um, but my, I feel like my, Dave, as far as just like, uh, I was, was like, oh, it was um, uh, Chase because <laughs> he's such a cutie and he's so funny and he was always so sweet to me. And, you know, there were um, times when we went to, uh, you know, we went to like parties for the show, you know, like uh, cast, you know, holiday parties, whatever it was. And then there would be like an after party and he would always like, um, whenever he was talking to me, I always felt so cool because all the girls were trying to talk to him. And I was like, I'm talking to Chase right now. Um, so he was always a kick. A kick. And, you know, and uh, Ed Westwick, too, is somebody who, uh, because Chuck has such an edge to him, you don't expect it. But Ed was always so sweet and so welcoming to fans and people who would come to set to visit. So he was always, I always really admired that about him. And also he's, he and I were the two people that when we would work together, we're both working in accents that are not our own. 
so it was kind of funny because I was like, we've both always had to take a millisecond to prepare before the scene more than everybody else. So I really admire his acting, especially because he created that character. If you think about Chuck Bass as a character, he's so incredibly um, unusual, eccentric, complicated. And Ed really just like, you know, not, he created that not from scratch, but he really, really made the detail and made that character come to life. And so I think he, he it's a huge feat in the fact that he, his personal charisma translated across the screen and became, he became this heartthrob for all these girls. And the show became about, you know, him in a lot of ways is really remarkable. So I really like all of them. And so Penn. I, Penn is funny too. <laughs> we like Penn too, right? But out of all of them, you Chase was kind of your... Favorite. Well, he was just my like, yeah, he was like my savvy guy because he was like so, so cute. Um, but I really, yeah, and Penn, I was like, could have a conversation with Penn. He's so, to me, he was very much like Dan because he's like so smart and well read and like, you know, he, has, he can talk about anything. Um, I mean, now that you're, now that we're talking about this, like, I really like, I can go down the list of every single person, like Margaret Collin and Wally Sean, like those scenes where I worked with them, which was a lot, like those guys. Um, I admire their work so much on stage and like Wally, Sean's uh, writing, his essays, his plays, like the fact that he's this crazy genius and then here he is in this world and he's also as committed to playing the role of Cyrus as he is to, you know, writing these incredible plays that are being put on the public. Like he's, he, to me, he's like a, such an amazing creature and he's the best storyteller and like weirdo you ever met. So <laughs> I just love those guys and, what about Kelly Rutherford? Yeah, I was going to ask you about because I can't remember if you had any scenes with Kelly Rutherford. I'm a huge. I, I might have Mel had a Rose. little bit, but I've always was always like, I feel like we didn't work together a lot, but I definitely talked to her a lot and spent a lot of time with her on set. She's one of the people I'm still in touch with um, today, and she's just that, like, yeah, she's uh, amazing, and like she she's one of those um, actors that, yeah, she like she just it can inhabit a character in such a way that she becomes um, memorable and her, yeah, her charisma on camera is amazing. I think that actually that's why she and Blake, even though they don't, you know, they don't like exactly look alike or anything, but they really read as mom and daughter because they both have that kind of magical thing where they can transcend that camera and they just like, you know, feel their presence. Um, so yeah, I just could talk about that for hours about everybody because, um, no, it was a really good group of, of people and then a good group of actors too and to watch everybody approach their work in slightly different ways. I just found it really fascinating. I love Mason Kelly Rutherford. If you've never yeah. watched the entire series of Melrose Place and you're, you talk about being going back and rewatching The Sopranos, treat yourself to Melrose Place. It's... Right, yeah, I should because I haven't watched that in, in a while. So <laughs> just go back. It's a good one. What about any like fun or shocking like Blake Lively stories from the set? No, I don't have any shocking ones, but I really liked when uh, when she started dating um, Ryan Reynolds and he came to the set um, and he I met him like at like six o'clock in the morning. This is a dumb story, but I met him at like six o'clock in the morning at the craft table. And she was like, this is Zuzana, Zerota. And he was like, hi, nice to meet you. And you know, my name is a little weird. So it's like, you know, Zuzana with Z's. And I talked to him for like a second. He was very smiley and friendly. And then I saw him like 10 hours later. So I guess he had hung out all day in her dressing room or whatever. 
when I was leaving, he was like, good night, Zuzana. And I remember thinking, oh my God, he really gets the celebrity gold medal because not only did he like listen when she introduced him to me, but he like remembered my name. So he's like one of those magical people that makes you feel so special. I feel like he's probably the, maybe the nicest celebrity in the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, I mean, they're so cute. And like, I'm so glad that they have this like, you know, life with all these wonderful kids now and stuff. <laughs> You know, that's, that's always what makes me laugh, too, is that she is, you know, so such a glamorous person, but, uh, like, her favorite thing is, like, being a mom and, like, baking stuff, and, I mean, she was like that even when she was young, so it's, like, you know, you never had the feeling you were hanging out with some kind of scandalous Hollywood person, it just felt like she was so, just, like, a, like more of a sweetheart, um, yeah, so I don't really have any, I, I feel like people always ask me about like juicy stories and I really don't have anything juicy. Um, I just have like uh, stories where I fawn all over, but even like <laughs> true, you know? What about like when Ryan was there that day, A, was everyone on set like, oh my God, holy shit, that's Ryan Reynolds? I probably, I mean, I, you know, like I feel like on set people always act so cool. So it's like, you know. Nobody ever does anything like outright, but I feel like, yeah, when she was dating him and, um, uh, yeah, when he would come around, it felt to me very exciting that he was like in the present in the building. Um, so yeah, that I'm could sure you, people were thrilled. And could you tell, like, you know, sometimes you could just tell, like, with chemistry, watching people of like, okay, that's real, like, this is gonna, you know, these two are in love, like, or it just wasn't, you know, or could you tell, like, right away just from their interactions? I mean, I don't know either one of them very well, like uh, especially not him, but the but to me that seems immediately like the cutest pairing because they both had that there's that kind of positive smiliness that's like the you can't fake or whatever that like he's the king of and that I feel like that's like that's like her that's her match that makes sense to me that they they're like sunshine people <laughs> like kind of opposite of how I am in my normal. Uh, demeanor so I feel like they uh it just makes sense like you know two kind of like Adonis looking people who are very um you know positive about life and, <laughs> and gorgeous all and gorgeous I mean yeah so it seemed like immediately like wow that's that's a good pairing to me definitely yeah I mean I feel like that um that's sort of magic in the making are yeah. you are you shocked I mean I guess I don't know like you know you're in the business I'm in the business like are you ever just shocked at like you know just how it all works like it's the same Blake Lively that you know she's a human being you know you worked with her she's an actress like a professional like any other job and now like in the world's eyes like just you know she has been elevated larger than life not that that's a bad thing it's just it's isn't right. ever weird. Like it's weird to be sometimes. Like you know, we're, we're all humans. Like, just yeah, no, it definitely is culture. very weird. Yeah, I think it's super weird. And I mean, I, I mean, Gossip Girl is one thing, and those guys, you know, because they, you know, were, I don't know exactly how old they all were, but like kind of, you know, early twenties, basically, just like turn of into their twenties, and that started. So that kind of like when they are famous, then it's like they are the like heartthrobs of the world. Like they are those people. And yeah, so it's interesting to me to know that like, you know, just 
yeah, to see how people think about them versus how regular they are, how, how, you know, just human they are and how actually inside of that too, it's like this idea of being an artist. Like, I feel like people are like, well, that's, that's um, Serena, but like really it's a, an actor who creates this role. And so I always look at it with, in both ways. I mean, just a regular human and then also an artist who's good at what they do. And then all of those things get wrapped up into this like idea of this, uh, you know, iconic, untouchable person. So that whole process is weird. I mean, to me, I like my best friend in the world since I've been, since I was uh, in high school is Andrew Rannells, who does a lot of Broadway stuff and then a lot of TV now. And so just being best friends with him, so I'm always just plus one to stuff. So even more than Gossip Girl, I feel like just having been at the Tonys with him and all this stuff where I just go as his date or his, you know, plus one, I feel like I've been around so many huge celebrities. Uh, Now that I have this like funny thing where like it doesn't, like, it's hard for it to resonate in me as like a, like I've kind of lost that edge of being like, holy shit, that's not, you know, but at the same time, I'm like fascinated by the process because I'm like, these people all know each other, <laughs> which that is what weirds me out the most. I'm like, in the world of celebrity, like it doesn't matter if you're a country music singer and you're running into a, you know, CNN journalist, but that somehow you know each other and you say hello in this particular way. So I just love that observing that world. Um, yeah, so to me, that's interesting. And then, uh, you know, that there are places like certain restaurants or bars or parties where like they all go. And I'm like, oh, if the public could get in here and be like, they're all in this one room. <laughs> and it kind of is like that. But it makes sense to me because I guess, you know, they get treated a certain way by the outside world. So then they have something in common in a really strong way and they can feel themselves in a room with other celebrities, you know, and you're like, I guess right. that makes sense. But yeah, I always kinda, just find the whole idea fascinating. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, no, that makes sense <laughs> to me too. And like, you know, the person next to you doesn't really want like a picture, you know, I mean, it's still a hierarchy and all that, but like right, you're right, just right. like left alone and you're with your right. equals and no one really wants anything from you. That makes sense. Well, you know, yeah. So, I mean, you Sopranos and then Cindy Lauper starstruck. Now you've just, you don't have it in you anymore, which is fine. Like you're not, is there anyone that like, <laughs> Is there anyone that, like, if they walked in right now, you know, because I don't really, I used to get really starstruck, and now just because of what I do with this, I'm just like, all right, I have a different perspective, but there's one or two people that I would probably pass out if I met. Right. Well, I was, um, I actually got to be in my friend Andrew's date to the Tony Awards, I guess it was like two years ago now, and uh, we were in the green room, and Catherine O'Hara was talking to us, and I was like, very, I was like, that was like living in a weird dream of my mind. I was like, whoa, she was like talking to me, including me in the conversation. I was like, oh my God. So like, that was crazy. Um, weirdly, the celebrity that made me the most have a, the biggest physical reaction. And it doesn't even make sense because it's not like I'm, this is my most favorite celebrity or anything, but was um, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> like I went, my Gossip Girl shot on the stage right next door to the Sex in the City movie. And um, I was at the crafty table and um, the, their AD invited me to come over and watch them shoot a scene because I, I knew her. And so I went over there and Sarah Jessica Parker started talking to me and my knees were knocking. Like I was like literally like my body was reacting like, and I was like, this is so weird because maybe it's because she's such an I, like icon to me in terms of that show. And so, and she was also so 
so nice that it was insane. I was like, how is she so nice as a person talking to me, asking me questions? But I was like so nervous that I was like, you know, like shaking. So that was funny. And then I guess the only other one that really blew my mind was my, uh, I'm lucky because my uh, one of my close friends is a publicist. Um, and so she used to invite me to a lot of red carpet events that I had no business being, I mean, that I wouldn't have been otherwise invited to. Um, and I went to the premiere of um, uh, HBO movie that um, Oprah was in. And so being in the room with Oprah, that was like, that was like being in the room with like some kind of deity or something. So I was like, I just wanted to get close enough to see what she looked like in person and how, you know, how tall she was and stuff. That was like, I feel like she's at that kind of status where it blows your mind <laughs> to be present with her. Could you feel like, you know, because sometimes when it's someone at that level, like you could feel yeah. like the hushness or something. So like, was it like that? Yeah, there was a lot of, we weren't going to get very close to her. That was the big difference. I feel like certain celebrities, you, know, you can tell, how, you know, how uh, in demand they are how much they have to protect themselves, you know? So even though it was an industry party, she was still in a separate nook. Um, I did a play one time with um, this play called Love Lost and What I Wore, which is a play written by Nora Ephron and her sister Delia Ephron. Um, so it has a rotating cast. And so it's like, they like to have a celebrity cast basically. And it was open for like years. So by the time I was in it, you know, I, I was a celebrity enough to be in it at that point. But anyways, um, I was in it with Lala Anthony, who is, um, at the time was on that show, Basketball Wives or something. Yeah. And so her husband was Carmelo Anthony, this like iconic, huge basketball player, which is something I know nothing about. But he, of all the celebrities I've ever met, like he came to this opening night party of this show, which was a tiny show in the um, West Side Theater in, in New York City, which is a small venue. And we had these like little opening night parties, but they were, you know, family and friends. It wasn't huge. And he came to the party with like four bodyguards and he, and they had him stationed in like a separate area of the restaurant. And it was so funny because the minute he got there, he was like embarrassed about it. Cause I guess he didn't, he, I was like, Oh, you're on like off Broadway now. Nobody even knows who you are because you're basketball. Like not one person in this whole room has ever seen a basketball game. And right. it was interesting because it took him a minute to realize, Oh, I'm in a place where I'm not like my wife is a bigger celebrity than I am. And, so he was able to kind of like come out of his nook, but it was funny to see because that guy, he was, I don't know how old he was, but he's like in his twenties or something at the time. And he could not live his life because of how his celebrity. And so to see him have that moment where he could like come out and just talk like a person, you know, it was interesting. Cause like, that's not because he thinks he's hot shit. That's because the world attacks him in this particular way that he has to, you know, protect himself. Yeah. So, it's like the idea of celebrity is so fascinating and me too I, mean, I find it so fascinating and it is I mean I I like to look at you know I get like people magazine and stuff like that so it's like I I feel like I've had a little bit of a peek behind the curtain but at the same time I'm still interested in that stuff it's, you know it's fascinating because it's just human nature I think like I mean I, I was just talking to my friend I have a kind of a theory about um, actors, which is that in, I feel like in Great Britain, they kind of figured it out because like they have an entire um, industry that's built for celebrity, which is the royal family, right? So it's like they have a 
they have a, a place where you're like, these are our celebrities, like let's just like stalk them and make them feel crazy. We'll put all our celebrity angst on this one group of people and then their actors get to be a little bit left alone. You know what I mean? Like they get yeah. to be kind of considered artists more, you know, like they're not, you know, you don't, it doesn't seem like as crazy of a culture as it is here where we want so much from actors, like they become so important to us because they're our one, you know, great, um, uh, you know, beacon of celebrity. So <laughs> I feel like we have our system a little weird. Like we need a royal family or something. I mean, we kind of had the Kardashians, but... <laughs> They're the closest thing I think we have to a royal family, (laughs) which I never thought of it like that in Britain, but you're right. That is kind of how it is. Do you, I don't feel sorry for the queen because you're like, well, it's kind of your job is just to be the biggest celebrity in (laughs) England, you know? Totally. What about speaking of endings of shows? Like, were you happy with the way Gossip Girl ended? Like Chuck and Blair end up together. Were you happy with the ending? Um, I was happy with the ending. I mean, as everybody who asks me anything about Gossip Girl nowadays is like, did you think Dorota was Gossip Girl? Like everybody always thinks like, because it was Dan or, you know, uh, not Dan, lonely boy, whatever. <laughs> so the fact that it was him, everybody's like, that doesn't make sense. And it should have been Dorota or it should have been this person. You know, so I do think that that's kind of funny because they had to just like pull something out and be like, somebody has to be Gossip Girl. And at first I thought maybe it was Dorota because like we didn't know we were filming that episode like redacted like it was they were giving us sides that were all blacked out so like until the day that we walked on set we didn't know who it was um so I kind of thought it would be Dorota a little bit but then I'm glad it wasn't because I feel like the ultimate most important thing about Dorota to me is that she truly loved Blair and watched out for Blair. So if she had been Gossip Girl, there was too much cruelty. I mean, Gossip, that would make her this like back two faced, which I wouldn't like because I feel like she maintained her integrity. <laughs> um, so I feel like the Gossip Girl ending was kind of funny. I do, I'm glad that Chuck and Blair ended up together. I, I feel like, was it Serena and Dan got married? I can't remember now, but I remember that there was that yeah. wedding at the very end. It was like a yeah. wedding. Which, yeah, that was which, Serena and Dan. You know, I always feel so melancholy about all TV show endings, uh, whether I'm in them or not. So, you know, I was like, oh, so sad. <laughs> so you were actually, in a way, happy that Dorota wasn't Gossip Girl? Yeah, I think so, because I feel like it would have meant she was, like, too cruel to Blair. That wouldn't have sat right with me. Were people like you, like Blake, Layton, was, like, Everett Chase, was everyone shocked that it was Dan? Like, when you guys find I out. think everyone was surprised, yeah, because, like, I remember we were sitting around shooting that one of those scenes where it was at the end where everybody finds out in the show, and we kind of all found out as actors that day, and so we were really trying to make sense of it. We were like, well, damn, hmm, okay, you know, because it's one of those things where you try, like, retroactively trying to make it make sense is a little complicated, but, Do yeah, you surprising. Want- yeah, I mean, it, I was I was surprised. Do you watch any of, like, did you watch You with Penn, like, Single Parents with Leighton? Like, do you watch any of the <laughs> TV shows? Yes, I do, actually. Um, I I love You. I think it's just the most fun show. So, I mean, totally. I'm that one. I'm it's great. It. Yeah, and he's so good in it. He's such a good actor, and he's so good as that in that character. I mean, it's just awesome. So I love that show. I, yeah, I like Single Parents. I mean... Layton is great and everything. We just were watching some kind of uh, old, like, sort of um, 
slasher type movie <laughs> recently and she was in it as like, like a teen like a preteen interesting and I realized, oh, there's but um yeah i watch uh um Leighton do stuff and in fact like when we were still in gossip girl um she was on broadway for the first time she was it was her first really time on stage and she when she kind of decided she wanted to do that like we would you know talk about it and work on stuff like uh in the in her dressing room at gossip girl because you know i just said that was more my world i had come from so i remember she was in mice of mice and men on broadway and i went to see with uh my friend amanda satin who was also in gossip girl um we went to see her on opening night and it was like I've almost never been so nervous in my life because I was because I knew when her entrance was coming and I was like ah! and then she came out and just nailed it like killed that part uh it was such a beautiful moment to see somebody like take their uh you know take this world of acting and like open their horizon into a kind of a new um genre in their work and just nail it it was so good and so I was, it was so exciting to see her do that. And just, and I mean, plus her as a musician, she's incredible. And I mean, I don't know as much about music, but I do, um, I do know she's good. So I was <laughs> trying to be a good friend, a good cheerleader. She had her music, yes. Do you keep in touch with any of them? Like, I think you mentioned you spoke to like Kelly Rutherford recently. Like, do you keep in touch with like Layton or Pat or any of the kids? Yeah, so I'm in touch with Leighton, and I see her when I go to LA. Um, so she, yeah, which is which is great, and she has her little family, and is doing great. And um, yeah, and I uh, I talk to Kelly, and I see Kelly sometimes in the New York world. And I've run into Penn actually. I ran into him not that long ago. Um, and yeah, he's a Penn like, <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't see a lot of people a lot. Um, but when I do, it's fun to have that like blast from the past. You is good. Yeah, you is the third season. It's they're doing a third season, so it's coming back. It's such a good yeah, show. Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, no, I love that show. And I just worked with um, I just did an episode of, I guess I'm not supposed to say, but an episode of an Amazon show that <laughs> um, uh, is going to be uh, coming up pretty soon um, with two actors who were in You. So it was cool because we got the talk about that show and see if anything coming down the pike but um we had amber childers on our show here oh she's yeah. yeah she's good yeah did you but ever I, um, yeah go on I don't know. oh uh you know who else i see a lot actually because of the new york theater scene is caroline lagerfeld she played cc so uh serena's grandma yeah um, she's like a such a um legendary actress especially in the downtown theater scene she just did a play uh, it was like a two-hander in a in a small theater downtown before you know all this pandemic um she was incredible that so i got to go see her do that so yeah she's great where do you think i mean dorota and chuck and blair are today i mean you know is dorota working for blair now that you know there's probably children (laughs) involved like where are they today I feel like Dorota would always work for Blair in some way or another. So even if Blair and Chuck had their own house, I don't know that Dorota would housekeep it, but I feel like she would house manage or run the schedule. <laughs> so I feel like it's one of those relationships. Like, you know that show, um, uh, oh man, I forgot what it's called, with that guy Jeff, who's a um, house 
designer and he's like really neurotic. Um, flipping out. Uh, oh, yes. Flipping out, right, right. We've it's had like many that. a person from flipping out on our show here. Yes, so it's like, what's her name? Um, Zoila, <laughs> like on flipping out where it's like, even if she's not, even if Dorota's not gonna be doing so much heavy lifting anymore, I feel like she will be in some capacity employed or connected to that family forever. So that's what I hope for her. <laughs> I could see Dorota like the Zoila of Blair's life, <laughs> right. you know, just resting. Just having her own wing around. in the yeah. house and bossing around another housekeeper, yeah. I could see that. What about, do you watch? Cause you've, I mean, now you've, you've, I didn't expect this. You name checked flipping out, you name checked the Kardashians. <laughs> like, do you watch a lot of reality TV? I love reality TV. My boyfriend, like, it's so mad because, like, I'm just, uh, if I'm left on my own devices, he always says, I'll, I like to listen to stuff where, like, women are just, like, screaming at each other. But I love all the Housewife franchise. I watch The Bachelor, all that stuff. I, my, my favorite are, like, competition shows, like, you know, Top Chef. And I love British Bake Off. I've just been, I just watched three seasons of The Great Pottery Throwdown on HBO Max in, like, three days um so especially so if i'm left to my own devices for my own like uh, guilty pleasure comfort television it's often reality tv like 90 day fiance that's another one i like um so i definitely get into that stuff um yeah something about that Uh, i love it and humanity right (laughs) it is i mean you know say what you want about the kardashians i could watch it all day every day and it's how many years later so we can't knock at people. Right. If there's something is going right. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What about, speaking of where all these people are going to be, are you waiting for your phone to ring by Josh Schwartz now that we have a reboot on its way? (laughs) Well, I don't, you know, this iteration of the show is, I guess, how many years later is it now? Ten, Ten from the time it started. So it's like as if you just went to that high school today and so you see the new crew so it's like all new everybody which totally makes sense because it's like a different world i'm so curious to see actually that stuff you were talking about with the technology and stuff totally it's like such a huge um shift for them in terms of like what kind of a presence this like how would gossip girl look today which is exactly what they're tackling so i can't wait to see how they come up with you know what they come up with so it's obviously a whole new crew. I've seen the pictures. They're also cute. And I've seen them on the Met steps. <laughs> you know, so I'm excited to see. I'm, of course, I'm here. So if, you wanna, if they want to call on me to sweep through and clean a house. <laughs> no, I think um, I, I don't um, have any insider info about the show. But I mean, I assume that the, we're with similar sort of archetypes. So I, there has to be some kind of a Dorota-esque person in this new iteration, you know, some sort of a sidekick, confidant, nanny-esque person. So I'm curious to see who that will be. I um, so too. But, you know, who knows? Maybe there'll be some sort of opportunity for showing my face. You know, I like, you know, that, that show, when we filmed it, um, you know, the original, I watched it. Like, you know, a lot of actors don't watch them themselves on television and 
So I always watched it because, well, I, I like to see what I'm doing, but also I like really like the show. I think it was, I was into it. I was a fan of it. And so I'm also excited to see what this new iteration is going to look like. And uh, those guys are such a, you know, obviously huge part of my career. Um, and I really admire the way that they make television. So I can't wait to see. And I was, you know, I'm the biggest cheerleader of Gossip Girl reboot. So <laughs> I can't wait. I am going to be watching it too. I didn't realize you were going to be watching it. I cannot wait to watch it. As we wrap up, I mean, for, and I agree, like I think the whole reason it's going to work is like the whole technology and like, is it going to be an Instagram account? Like we have TikTok. Yeah, it's going to be, mean? it's going to be something. Well, like, do you know the Instagram account? Like do, do, do ma, do you know that? It's like, it's a fake, <laughs> it's, it's not really like Gossip Girl. It's kind of like it. It's a, it's like an anonymous person that nobody knows who it is technically. And they just talk about like celebrity gossip. Oh, interesting. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link. Have to be something like that. Yeah. Right. That's what I think it's going to be like. I think it's going to be some Instagram account that's like breaking things and who is behind it. I don't know. Right. But I mean, just the technology in general, it's going to be so interesting just from that point of view. Right. As we wrap up, why do you think, like, I know we had the books and all of that, but like, why do you think the show just worked? Because like you said, there's so many shows that are cast with huge names that just should work and work on paper and just don't. Right. And when they hit, like, why, right. why was this like magic for the time that it was? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure, but I feel like there's something to do with the combination of uh, the right idea at the right moment. So the idea of this sort of internet overlord <laughs> right at that time and when we were changing the way that we communicate and we connect to each other. So I think that's part of it. But I think more importantly, it's, it was a matter of personal, like uh, performances and chemistry in, in, between actors. So I feel like, you know, just the Chuck Blair relationship alone made that show pop off. And then, but I actually think that Gossip Girl hit that perfect note of soapy, you know, fun um, uh, drama. You want to see what happens next week. You want to see what happens to your favorite couple or whatever. So it had that soapy thing, but it also had this tongue in cheek kind of um, uh, like mature wit about it, having to do with the city, this kind of society, the high society. Um, it had that sensibility like a bunch of like um smart new yorkers kind of wrote this story about this little bubble in the city that exists and is real so i think that the the kind of humor that went along with that just the way that the episodes were titled each one like a parody of a um being a film title so i feel like there was so much detail and yeah. all of that detail came together to create this thing that was just really juicy and watchable and uh I, I think there's something to be said also for aesthetics like that show was beautiful there was so much just fashion on display the flower arrangements alone like it just was infinitely watchable because you're like this is a crazy fantasy world and it's full of like salacious like drama that we all have you know are, can be hooked into so I feel like between the wit the aesthetic and the drama the soapy drama it became this kind of like magical concoction that people and you know got into and there's also something special about it that uh, I feel like it felt like a discovery. People felt 
a little bit of a personal connection to the show. It wasn't this like huge, you know, network machine. It felt like a show that you kind of discovered and then had as your own. So uh, that's true. At least that's what I feel from like the fan communities and the way people responded to it. So it had almost like a little, like in a way it felt like a cult hit, even though it was relatively popular. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever watch New York City Prep? the reality show yes, on. I did. I, I did watch that show. And I, um, I met, uh, what's that guy named? Sebastian? Pace, Sebastian? Yeah. No, the, there I, was a, the, there was a Pace, there was like a JP or Pacey, yes. Something like that. Well, I met P- one of PC, the that, PC. PC. Yes. That's the one I met. I met him. Um, I was with someone who was, had a teenager and that teenager had like, was going to a party with this guy or something and we watched him pull up in this like crazy like um Lamborghini or one of those kind of cars that you're like that the doors go up like the side that flip up like Batman doors yeah and he like like screeched in his tires screeched in and he like picked up this girl <laughs> because I was like I was like oh my god that's a real person <laughs> but yeah that show was funny it was a good show yeah Anything else you want to cover here today? I always have my own agenda. I like to give people a chance at the end to discuss anything they want. I really appreciate this. First of all, I speak to a lot of people. I don't necessarily watch every show, but like Gossip Girl to me is literally like, if we go to scripted TV, one of my absolute favorites of all time. So I appreciate this. Well, thank you. I appreciate it too. And it's fun to talk about. And it's like, you know, for me being a part of it, being a part of this show, was fun for me for many reasons and the fact that this show indoors and people watch it and there's like a new generation of people interested in it is kind of special because I feel like yeah now that some time has passed I'm like I feel like I was part of a really like a a specific moment cultural moment that will always be held dear (laughs) so I really like it um that's true yeah I don't I don't know what else I have to say I just think um you know I just hope that I think there's a lot of uh, you know, good content that's going to come out of all these new streaming platforms, you know, like HBO Max, like with the new Gossip Girl. So coming out of this pandemic, I know that like I've already worked on a couple of projects and I'm uh, just beginning work on a third one, which I'm very excited about, which is uh, kind of a, a big one, but I can't say yet what it is, but the, um, but I'm, you know, so there is, filming production is happening which is very exciting so i feel like we have a lot of really good tv in store for us coming up that's um, good. but you know i'm very scared about theater and about all my friends in that world i've done a lot of theater downtown especially like off-broadway stuff there's companies that i've worked with like there's a company called club sum and bedlam those are two that i work with a lot and you know we make fun adventurous plays and you know, it's a great outlet for me. And I think a huge part of the New York scene and all of that stuff is just going to stand still. And I'm scared that it's going to die and go away. So I'm really hoping that, I know. you know, I'm hoping that the, those institutions are supported and can pull through. That's my, that's what's on my mind all the time. But, you know, I'm lucky that I have this, um, these opportunities on camera and I wouldn't have any of them. I don't think if I hadn't had the Gossip Girl chance. So it will forever be my big, uh, my, my career moment that I'm most grateful for, because it definitely allowed for other things. Yeah. 
Well, you can't talk about it now. I get it. But you know what? Guess what? <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. So when yes. these things come out that you can talk about and you're in another right. show, I'm sure I'll be obsessed with it because I watch pretty much yeah. everything. Oh, this, this one's going to be exciting. Okay. So. Well, I then you, come back, you can come back. About it if I, and I'll pay extra attention to any juicy stuff that happens. <laughs> Seriously. Listen, I, I'm, I, it's not all about the salacious stuff. You know, like, you know, it's nice. I promise next time we'll talk about all the current stuff. We don't have to go back and talk about Gossip Girl again, but I... No, it's my pleasure. Appreciate this. Where can everyone find you online that would like to follow you? Um, Well, I'm on Instagram mostly, so it's Zuzana Wanda. So D-U-Z-A-N-N-A-W-A-N-D-A. Same same handle on Twitter, but I always forget to tweet, so... You and, you and me both. I'm, I give <laughs> myself like a D minus, a D on Twitter and like an A plus right. on Instagram. So I say the yeah, same thing. This is where it's at. Kind of. All right. I will follow you on Insta. I think I already do, but I'll DM you just so we can keep in touch. You'll come back on. And I really, really, really right. do appreciate this. This was amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it too. And um, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.